You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. What's up, guys? Welcome to Good Morning Lambo. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. You can email us, Packers Total Access at gmail.com. You can text us 865-658-5824. I got Tim in the house here live in Green Bay, and we're going to kind of pick up where we left off last night. Um, obviously, we were diving into some of the uh, draft prospects and and doing a quick little mock draft and, and seeing how everything fell into place. What we really covered last night was safety, offensive line, and linebacker. You know, we all say that safety is probably the top need in this draft. Um, obviously, offensive line, I think, is another need. Linebacker, we talked about picking up one, possibly two. Depends on what we do with Devondre Campbell. And you never know what uh, what Jeff Halfley is going to want to add into the mix as far as personnel and how he wants to play linebacker. Tim, you know, something we didn't even mention last night, and it keeps, it keeps going right by me, although I guess I just – I assume – Everyone understands or just thinks, okay, yeah, they, we're, we definitely need more linebackers now that we're in a four-three. But it's we really, really understated it last night, man. There's going to be you're going to need to have some extra bodies in that linebacker room if you're going to effectively run a four-three, even though you're in a nickel the majority of the time, right? Yeah, no, that's very true. And um, you know, we talked a lot about D line last night, but we didn't uh, we didn't really dive into uh, linebacker in depth, um, mm-hmm. other than our boy. Jeremiah Trotter Jr. that we're both high on. So yeah, we'll see how that pans out. But yeah, definitely we need some more uh some more bodies in that linebacker room. Yeah, and it, you know, it's like you you look at the linebacker position and you go, okay, well, yeah, Jeremiah Trotter Jr. looks like a stud, but he's he's smaller. And my immediate <laughs> response is, well, how's that bigger worked out for us here? Like, <laughs> right? I mean, it's not like it's made a huge difference. So um it kind of goes back to the old you know, conversation we've had over and over and over that, you know, you, you focus on RAS too much, you focus on size too much and not what's actually happening on the field. Sometimes you can get yourself in trouble where you got just a field full of athletic freaks and you find your fan base constantly pointing out, we've got eight first round picks, but they're not playing like first round picks. Maybe they're playing more like athletes than, than football players. Right. Um, So uh, it's, it's just, again, I, I don't, I tend to lean towards, Give me the guy who produced on the field over the guy who's taller, heavier, faster. But uh, I think I may be in the minority with that comment there. But um, also, I wanted to mention this. Jake Shavink was in the comments last night uh, after the stream was over, and he said, I want to make it really, really clear. <laughs> Newbin is my top guy. So Jake does have Newbin over Cam Kinchins. And, you sure and about all that? He, <laughs> all he points out is um, that, hey, listen, he thinks that Kinchin, the Packers will be more on Kinchins than they would Newman just based off of their history and, and all that type of stuff. So um, scheme fit, I think, more along that way, it, it might be uh, a part of the argument or part of the conversation too is, hey, he's more of a fit for the Packers. But I just wanted to make that really, really clear that Jake Shavink does have Tyler Newman graded higher than Cam Kinchins, which you guys know we've talked about. We've got him graded higher as well. I think 33rd team does. 
Um, it seems like there's there's only one or two spots out of about seven or eight that uh, that actually have Cam Kinchins higher than Tyler Newman at the moment. And who knows, he may be the runaway as we get closer to the draft there. So um, there you go. All right, let's just dive into it. We ran out of time last night, Tim, so we're going to hit it. You cut me off at any point if you got a comment or a question or anything like that, and we'll just kind of hit this stuff rapid fire. First of all, right off the top, I want to hit this. Rashawn Gary, PFF Green Bay Packers, tweeted this out. Rashawn Gary, three consecutive seasons with an 80-plus PFF grade. Of course, they show the emoji of the trending mark going up. Got to stop with the Rashawn Gary slander. He's hands down our best defensive player, our most consistent defensive player. Um, yeah, you know, I say you got to stop. You know, if you don't like him, that's cool. You can fan how you want to fan. I'm just, I, I don't. We want consistency. We're, you know, we talk about Savage and how he flashed last year. It's like, oh yeah, there's the Savage we remember right from back in the day. But it, it, it doesn't matter if you're not going to be consistent. Rashawn Gary's a dude that fought through an ACL, battled his ass off. And now he's the most consistent player on defense. So just want to really, really point that out there. Um, so our mock draft from last night, just a quick recap, guys. We're going to do another one as we wrap this show up. Um, we, we like to do these exercises and then a rapid-fire mock draft with the information we just uncovered, okay? So at the 25th pick, we took Jerzan Newton, defensive lineman out of Illinois. 41st pick, we took Jackson Powers-Johnson. Really like that pick out of Oregon, interior offensive line. Number 58, we got Tyler Newbin, safety out of Minnesota. Number 88, Jeremiah Trotter, junior linebacker out of Clemson. Number 91, Trey Benson, running back out of Florida State. 126, Cam Hart, cornerback out of Notre Dame. I want to say when we got to this point, we were kind of flying blind, weren't we, Tim? We didn't know yeah. what, you know, it's like we don't have today. The whole purpose of today is what we did with the offensive line, safety and linebacker yesterday. We're going to do the same thing with cornerback, defensive line and edge today. So we won't be flying blind. So, again, Cam Hart, cornerback out of Notre Dame, uh, Javon Foster, uh, offensive tackle out of Missouri, Andrew Coker, offensive tackle out of TCU, Cedric Johnson, edge defender out of Mississippi, and then cornerback Dwight McLaughlin, uh, corner, uh, yeah, cornerback out of Arkansas there at 242. That last one, let me drop that banner down. We took a Daquan Hardy, another cornerback out of Penn State. So uh, just to kind of recap, too, going into this offseason, we had determined based off of the market, uh, based off who we we think they may or may not re-sign, we could see them needing three offensive line, one tight end, four safeties, two defensive linemen, two linebackers, and four corners. Okay, so that's kind of our needs list that we've got listed here. So with that being said, PFF did a, a little, uh, just a, I guess kind of a little draft preview, offseason preview, and this is what they said. 2024 NFL draft, the biggest positional need for the Packers. Uh, the biggest need is offensive tackle is what they listed. And I know there's many people that that are – they believe Rasheed Walker is the guy, right? You guys know I think he played well. I'm a little bit hesitant to just crown him as, hey, this is our next, you know, franchise left tackle, right? Let's lock him up. He's good to go. I think he did, did really, really well based off what he was given, what he was asked, I should say. And then they said that the perfect 2024 NFL prospect is cornerback Cooper DeGene out of Iowa. And I've seen this and I thought, this is perfect, Tim. For us to do this exercise today, I think you guys will get a better idea of why I'm not as high on Cooper DeGene. Okay, so we'll kind of break that down. In their five-round mock, they just showed the first two picks. They had us take an offensive tackle, Fuaga, out of Oregon State. And then in the second round, they had safety, Kalen Bullock, which you know, you guys know I'm not very big on him. Um, really, to me, if you, if you don't come away from this draft getting either Tyler Newbern or Cam Kinchins, I don't think you did it justice, Tim. You got it. You got to go for one of those two guys if at all possible. They're definitely at the top of the heap, man. Yeah, for sure. I don't want to hear about converting corners to safety. <laughs> I want to hear about it. <laughs> I still have PTSD from Demarius Randall, so I can't. You know, 
I can't get on board with it. Dead Fish says, by the way, 33rd team has Junior Colson ranked as a number one linebacker at the number 35 prospect. Let's go, man. I like it. So we had the way our rankings fell last night, Dead Fish, was we had Jeremiah Trotter number one, Junior Colson two, and Edron Cooper three. And if I remember correctly, PFF had Edron Cooper one, Jeremiah Trotter two, Junior Colson three. So you're probably going, well, how did you end up with Jeremiah Trotter Jr. as a number one? I'm a boring fan. I take the safe pick. He's the guy right in the middle. Like, okay, I don't I don't think you're going to get a guy that's going to be a complete bust, and you might not get that guy that's the superstar, right? You got that high floor is what people say. So that's how that's that's one of the reasons why I'm big on Jeremiah Trotter Jr. That needs a, you know, a, it sounds silly, but when a player's parent, when he's a second generation player, it matters, man. They typically work out pretty well. Like you've seen it with Joey Porter Jr. there in Pittsburgh, even though he played corner, his dad played edges. There's something to be said about a player coming into the league and you're you're going from the college life to the NFL pro life. If you have someone coaching you along on how to handle that transition, how to prepare, how to be a better teammate, how to be a locker room guy, knowing what your coaches are looking for. If you've got someone who was in that position for a significant amount of time, you've got the 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 absolute best personal coach any player could ask for. It doesn't mean, oh, because he's got his last name and his DNA, that makes him a great player. For me, it's more of the mindset behind a, uh, you know, this dude This dude has seen firsthand what it takes to, to succeed at that next level. Does that make sense? Talk about, yeah, it does. I mean, you talk about the, not, not to mention the fact that they grew up around the game. So, you know, I mean, as little kids, they were, you know, going to practices with dad and, you know, getting an inside view of what that's like. They grew up around the NFL. So, I mean, your point is well taken too. Yeah. I mean, you've got a heck of a heck of a coach there. And I mean, it's no surprise. Look at Marvin Harrison Jr. I mean, teams are going to be fighting over this guy uh, in the draft. And uh, I have no doubt that he's going to have, he's going to have a solid uh, career in the NFL. Um, I agree, man. You know, even if he's, uh, you know, there's, there's talk that he could be better than his father in the long term. I've heard that a lot too. And isn't his dad in the Hall of Fame? Am I thinking right? uh, Yeah. And if not, he should be. Yeah, I'm pretty sure like Antonio Gates should have got in too, but we'll leave that alone. Um, yeah, I think uh <laughs> I think um you know there is some truth to that. Like I said, the the um you know you you make a good point. It's not just oh it's you know he's my son, so he's gonna automatically be great. No, it's you have a leg up on a lot of the other uh guys in the draft because you've got that um firsthand experience and you've got a you know an NFL vet that was uh kind of guiding you and molding your career. So We'll see how these play out, but you're right. Absolutely. Joey Porter Jr. Um, turned out great. And, uh, you know, I have full faith that, you know, a lot of these other guys will too. I just got confirmation there. Uh, Marvin Harrison was inducted in the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 2016. So there we go. Uh, there you go with that. All right. So let's just go ahead and dive into this real quick. We're going to start with cornerbacks. Okay. Um, so I'm just going to sort PFF by cornerbacks. Let's talk about their PFF grades. Look at the top of the list here, Tim. The eighth overall ranked player, Cooper DeGene. The right. Great White Hope. There you, the Great White Hope, <laughs> 20 years old. Uh, he's 6'1", 207, so good size for a corner if he does settle in the cornerback position. Some are saying he'll play safety. I, I think I think you're, it's a little dangerous trying to move that around. Oh, you know? man. Yeah, so 2021 PFF grade. Only 11 snaps, though, 65.5. Throw that one out the window. 2022, absolute stud, 88.5, right? Just a monster. This year, though, took a step back to 77.4. That's a significant decrease, guys. 
Like, this is what I'm talking about when people are, were pretending like he's just a slam dunk pick. I'm going, why is he a slam dunk? Tell me why he's a slam dunk pick. Well, he's just a playmaker. Okay, why do you think he's a playmaker? You know, like, you, you can look at the highlight reels and everything, but once you get to digging into, okay, how consistent was he, this and that, are there any red flags? Because that, that 25th pick, man, what you're – what you're trying to do, rather than you're trying to get this slam dunk great player, you're trying to prevent yourself from drafting someone that you're going to have for the next four years, and you're going to justify putting in the lineup and trying to make it work. Um, you know, you got to make sure that there really are no, no hesitance, you know, hesitancy there, right? So I don't like the fact that he took a big step back, guys. He was the 149th ranked cornerback in this past year, according to PFF. Now, people say. I don't like PFF. I don't trust that number. Okay, let's say they're half wrong. That means he was in the top 70. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And we're going to use the 25th pick on that. That makes me a little nervous. Now, we're going to look at some other statistics too, but I just want to rattle through these. Nate Wiggins, the 13th overall prospect, his PFF grade, 67.6, 77.9, 81.6. Okay. Next, you've got Terry and Arnold, uh, the 16th overall uh uh, 16th overall graded player on the big board out of Alabama, six foot uh, 196. First of all, Nate Wiggins, one of the reasons why he's soaring up draft boards or has been six foot two at corner. That that kind of feels like Richard Sherman size there, right? So really, really tall, long, lanky uh, corner there on the edge. That's what you're looking for. Terry and Arnold, six foot 196, PFF grade. Didn't have one in 2021. 2022, 73.1. 2023, 88.3. If if you had seen Cooper DeGene grade out somewhere in there this year, I would be all over it. But like I said, that setback kind of worries me. This is the big guy right here. Quinion Mitchell absolutely dominated the senior ball, right? Everybody talked about how, how well he played the senior ball. Look at his PFF grades, Tim. He's 19th overall. Quinion Mitchell, six foot 196 out of Toledo. His PFF grade from 2021, 79.7. Then 92.5, top graded corner in the game then 91.5 top-graded corner in the game. Like, th this is your best corner in the draft, in my opinion. Let me put it this way. People say, well, you played for Toledo, kind of a small school. Okay, you can only play the opponent across from you, right? You graded out really, really good three years in a row as a young player, too, with 588 snaps there in 2021, right? And that would have been his freshman year, by the way. 2022 – 883 snaps, 2023, 781 snaps. These are This is no small sample size. Then you send them down to the senior bowl, and they put them in the gauntlet during practice, these one-on-ones where everybody, pro scouts, teammates, coaches from, from, the, from the NFL watching you, all the pressure on you in this situation, and he absolutely dominated. It's just like, check it off the box, check it off the box, check it off the box, right? So – Quinio Mitchell, in my opinion, that's the big thing I came away with was this dude is – how in the world he's not been the top-rated corner this whole time? It's kind of mind-boggling to me. Um, up next, you've got uh, Kool-Aid McKinstry. He graded out 67.9, 82.5, 88.8. Okay, so that's the top five we're going to look at here. These are the potentials for the number 25 pick is what we're kind of getting at here. Those are the guys that stood out to me. So now, for those who aren't big PFF guys, let's cross-check it. Let's go to passer rating when targeted, okay? And, Tim, if you want to kind of keep an eye on the chat for me, I don't know if you got any uh, in there yet or not, but uh, um, I'm definitely not going to be able to see it while I'm digging through this stuff. If you see anything you like, just throw it up on the screen mention it. Just cut me off, say shut up. Um, so passer rating when targeted at the cornerback position. Let's look at those five players. Where's Quinion Mitchell at? Let's find him first, okay? 
Quinion Mitchell is number three on this list, but he's the top one of the five we just mentioned. 28.4 passer rating when targeted. Second is Cooper DeGene. That that really raises him up on my board a bit. Like, okay, there you go. There's a statistic you can look at and go, okay, that doesn't really line up with what PFF's got. So what does that tell you? If he was so good in coverage, but his PFF grade was bad, what does that tell you? Probably, probably not the best tackler, right? Probably missed some tackles. Probably didn't uh, play the run fit very well there off the edge at corner. Is that important? It's important. It's not the most important thing, but it's important, right? Um, so – just worth mentioning there. Next is Terry and Arnold, um, 48 or 43.8 passer rating when targeted. Then Kool-Aid McKinstry at 46.1. You're kind of splitting hairs here, right? Nate Wiggins, 50.4. You see those guys are in the same ballpark. But the one that sticks out, he checks all the boxes for me, Tim, is Quinion Mitchell, man. Quinion Mitchell, what I, the way I would have my corners listed here would be Quinion Mitchell, then I would go Kool-Aid McKinstry just because of the steady PFF grade, and then Cooper DeGene then Nate Wiggins, Terry, and Arnold. That's how I would have the cornerback room. Uh, anything you want me to pull up there? Any comments on, uh, on what we just covered there, man? I just started a couple in the chat, but um, I'm with you on that, too. I was just thinking that, um, you know, Cooper DeGene is, you know, fun fun to watch for sure. Um, but, yeah, I'm looking at I – like, I like Mitchell McKin- and McKinstry uh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Steve in the chat says, Quinion Mitchell is who he meant, um, is basically the top corner being looked at over Cooper DeGene and others. That's the thing, too. Like, people are surprised that he's now inside the top 20. And I go back and look at that. I'm going, I'm surprised he wasn't the number one corner all along. <laughs> like, I, I'm not pretending like I knew that going in because you guys know I don't I don't cover the prospects throughout the football season. I key in on what's actually happening in the, in the NFL and use this time of the year to kind of dive into it. So I don't want this to, to sound like I told you so. I'm just now finding this out, too. I'm going, how in the world, why do they have him underneath Cooper DeGene and some of these these big boards? It's, it's kind of mind-boggling. And it's not to say Cooper's not going to be a good player. Like I said, out of these five, I've got him graded out as the third best, right? I would just personally take Quinion Mitchell and Kool-Aid McKinstry over Cooper DeGene if it were me. So that's kind of how I see that. And that may not be news to some people that follow it closely, but for me, that's a – it just kind of caught me off guard a little bit, if you will. Uh, Chris in the chat said, can we get Mitchell with the second pick or did his stock go up at the senior bowl? Yeah, there's no chance of getting him with the second pick. In most cases, when I'm doing mock drafts now, Chris, he's gone at 25. So what we're trying to do is get that top five list so we can kind of compare it. And then you can see we're, we're creating many draft boards essentially with each position. We did it last night with safety, O-line, and linebacker. Today we've got five on our mini draft board at the cornerback position, and we got four at defensive line and four at edge. So that's kind of how we're uh, we're focusing on that um, for this exercise. Uh, Steve in the chat says Mitchell Stock has went up a lot. It's just, I mean, it's through the freaking roof, man, for sure. All right, so let's do this, Tim. We got those listed there. Let's move on to defensive line now. All right, so let me drop that down. I'm trying to stay organized here. So now, if we hop back over to PFF and we go to defensive line. Let's see who the top interior defenders are in this year's draft, okay? So go all the way to the top here. They've got Jerzan Newton at uh, at number 10, okay? Then they've got Byron Murphy at 30. So you see a significant drop-off there, okay? Then they've got Chris Jenkins at 43. So let's talk, uh, talk about Newton. Jerzan Newton out of Illinois, 57.7 with 611 snaps. Not good, but a young player. It was his freshman year. 2022, 91.5. Seventh highest graded defensive lineman. And then in 2023, 84.9. So if 84.9 is kind of that new floor for him, Tim, that's a solid freaking score right there, man. 
Um, up next, you got Byron Murphy uh, out of Texas, uh, 6'1", 3'08". By the way, Jerzan Newton is 6'2", 295. So you could put 10 pounds on him, and he could play anywhere on that defensive line. Um, Byron Murphy, 6'1", 308. PFF grades, and he's out of Texas. Two of the guys we're going to talk about are out of Texas, I believe, here. Yeah, two of the four out of Texas. So uh, PFF grades for Byron Murphy the second, 73.1, 82.7, Like, you talk about a trajectory, Tim. Like, that, that's, that is just improving every single year, right? Now, the snap count, kind of look at – look at Jerzan Newton's snap count, 749. Look at Byron Murphy's, 438. Right. That's something you got to take into consideration. They had a heavy rotation there. Could that have inflated his numbers, his production a bit? It's quite possible, but still, you got to go with the information you got. Um, so that's how they lay out. Chris Jenkins, Michigan, 6'3, 305, PFF grades, 72.4, 80.7, and 82.7. Another one that he's never taken a step back. He just continues to improve. That's a solid looking defensive lineman. Okay, and then who's the final one we had? I think we had Devondre Sweat. Yeah. And the reason we went to Devondre Sweat over Braden Fisk here, Braden Fisk may turn out to be a great defensive lineman. Right. But Devondre Sweat, 71.8, 79.5. And then last year he was the highest graded defensive lineman in all of college football. Six, four, three hundred and sixty two pounds. I worry about his weight a little bit, Tim. You oh, he's gonna. They'll put him in the weight room. His, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'll be that'll be rule number one when he gets to the NFL. So you're talking about someone who can play that nose. If we were still in a 34, I'd go. This is your guy. That right. is the guy. You put him ahead of T.J. Slate and have T.J. Slate coming off the bench for a breather. That's solid. The problem is we're now in a 43, right? So might not put as much value on that big of a defensive lineman. Although if he can still do it, can still get it done. Maybe you roll with him, right? So I would uh, think if, if the Packers took him, they'd be looking at him to get under 350 pounds immediately. Oh, absolutely, man. Yeah. You would have to, right. You'd have right. To. All right. So there's a couple of different things we can do here. When we, when we laid out those defensive linemen, there's two different facets to play in defensive line, right? Obviously you've got your pass rush and you've got your run defense. So I, I went a little bit deeper on the defensive lineman. Let's talk about pressure percentage first, okay? So of those players, I sorted the snaps and everything so we could get all these players on the same screen so we can kind of combine them together, right? Like in a nutshell, how do these guys kind of sort out here, all right? So let's start with um, – this is pass rush, okay? So this is pressure percentage. Let me get that logo off there real quick if I can. The top. Um, pressure percentage. I'm sorry. No, no, no. This is this, we're going. Uh, are we going pass rush or run defense? This is this is the. Uh, I'm trying to think here, which one we're on. This is the positive percentage play. Is what this this statistic is. Okay. So what that means is the percentage of the time that they had a positive outcome. Okay, a positive outcome on the play. Right. So if you go down the list, Jerzan Newton, thirty-nine point four percent. Okay. Then you would go down to Chris Jenkins. All right, Chris Jenkins at 36%. And then you would go to Byron Murphy. That was one, right? Yeah, Byron Murphy, 34.4%. Then Devondre Sweat at 31.6%. Okay, now let's talk about playing playing the run, right, in this defensive line when it comes to, you know, the new 4-3 defense we're going to be running. Who is going to be the most consistent at playing the run? Because, Tim, like last year we took Devontae Wyatt. We keep taking these pass rushers, right? And his tackle, his PFF grade 
were down, people kept going, how is his PFF grade so low, but his pressure percentage is so high? It's because, yeah, he's creating pressure constantly, but the problem is when he arrives to the point of attack, he can't finish the tackle, and he plays kind of reckless outside of his rush lanes from time to time, right? So let's key in on this statistic more than anything right now, all right? And that's, you know, basically broken tackle, plus missed tackle rate. So what they did was take him to broke tackle rate and missed tackle percentage, combine them together, right? And they came up with a number. So the way this is going to shake out is the higher the number, the worse the grade, okay? Let me just double check that. As I read that broken tackle percentage here, BT plus MT percentage, the percentage of attempted tackles that resulted in a player failing to bring down the ball carrier when they are in a position to do so. So these are the, this this stat right here, like I said, from worst to best is essentially how it's laid out. So at the top of the list, who is it? It's Jerzan Newton, right? Yep. So Jerzan Newton, <laughs> um, 18.8%. So kind of feels like that whole Monte White. Yeah, right, right, right. So um, when it came to pass rush grades and when I went through and, and looked at the pass rush statistics and everything, Jerzan Newton was first in pass rush, okay? Chris Jenkins was second in pass rush. Byron Murphy was third, and Tavondre Sweat was fourth. So we broke this down into two different categories. So with this run defense and this broken tackle plus missed tackle percentage, Jerzan Newton actually grades out as fourth of four here as the worst. Byron Murphy is third of four, okay, at eight at uh, what is it, 17.1%. Then Chris Jenkins, right, at the 14.4% uh, mark. Look how far down this list Tavondre Sweat is. Yep. Like this dude is solid at tackling, man. 6.4%. So he's hands down the best at run defense, but he's the worst at pass rush. Okay. In my opinion, just the numbers that I've crunched this morning. Okay. And you guys may disagree. You may have another number or statistic. Hey, I, you know, that, that you see it different. This is just how I'm seeing it. So if you were to play, right. If we want him to play nose, that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. If you if you want him to play that 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 one tech and that four three, where just someone who's just disruptive up the middle. I mean, that's you want to stop the run. This is what I'm getting at. If you want to stop the run, Tavondre Sweat, your guy, right? If you want to get after the quarterback, Jerzan Newton might be. So, Sweat, the next grave digger, digger says uh, Peter Stone. Man, I, wouldn't you love to see this Gilbert Brown 2.0 right here? Woo! Big old boy. He's a lot bigger than Gilbert too. That's what's crazy to think about. Like Gilbert was a little bit shorter, if I remember correctly. This yeah. dude is like really, really tall too. So, um, with that being said, I took the pass rush numbers rankings of those four players and the run defense rankings of those two players, and I combined them, averaged it out. So here's how I got my defensive lineman ranked: Chris Jenkins, number one. Again, I'm the boring fan that looks for consistency. I want the safer pick as opposed to let's swing for the home run and we might, you know, strike out. So I've got Chris Jenkins first. He was second in pass rush, second in run defense. Then I've got Jerzan Newton second. He was first in pass rush, fourth in run defense. Then I got Tavondre Sweat at third. He was fourth in pass rush, first in run defense. And then fourth on the list is Byron Murphy, who was third in both categories. Okay, so that's how I see it. Chris Jenkins, Tavondre, or Chris Jenkins, Jerzan Newton, Tavondre Sweat, and Byron Murphy is how I see it listed. So when we get to that 25th pick, we can look and go, the goal is out of all these players, who, how many of these number ones on this short little on these mini draft boards by position can we land in the draft? That's the goal. That's the overall goal of the mock draft we're going to do. So 
Um, any questions there? Any comments there, Tim? No, I'm, I got them kind of the same way okay. as you. So I'm with you on that. On the surface, I want to say no to Vondre Sweat or nothing, or, or you know what I mean? Like, right. just take him no matter what. But when you really dive into it, I, I feel like Chris Jenkins is probably the safest pick. So, yep. yeah, that's uh, okay. And, and I maybe it's just the old Packer fan of me that just wants to see another K Jenkins out there like Colin back in the day, which I think his was a C actually. But when I see Jenkins on that, on the you know, front four, it's like, come on, man, let's <laughs> bring back the old days. Colin Jenkins was an absolute monster. Um, love that guy. It was a C, but just seeing Jenkins on the front. Whew. All right, let's move on to edge defender now, Tim. You can still see the screen I'm sharing, right, bud? Yep. I feel like I'm flying blind over here, but here we go. All right, so edge, let's go by PFF, all right? First first guy on the list at the 14th uh, overall uh, prospect on their board, you got Dallas Turner, edge defender out of Alabama. He's 6'4", 242, excuse me, um, graded out in 2021, 66.7. 73.1, then 81.6 last year. Okay, so you see that steady increase across the board, no doubt. Next, you got Jared Verse. Okay, he's from Florida State, 6'4, 260. So got about 20 pounds on Dallas Turner. Little, probably a little bit thicker, a little better at setting the edge. Look at his PFF grades, Tim. Consistent 83.1, 82.4, 84.4. I mean, that's just like. That is steady. You talk about a very, very, very low floor, or I'm sorry, a very, very, very high floor, I should say. That's what I see there with those grades, right? You just consistency across the board. Next, you've got Latu. Um, Layada, Latu, I think is how you say it, or Latu out of UCLA. We're just going to call him Latu, all right? Um, UCLA 6 He not only rambled, but he rumbled and stumbled. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he's 6'5", 265 out of UCLA. You you might as well keep that soundbite at the forefront of the list when I'm trying to talk about prospects, too. But <laughs> I suck so bad at pronouncing the name. Um, so Latu is 6'5", 265. I mean, this dude has got – you're talking about wingspan. And people go, why does that matter when you're rushing the quarterback? Like, two things for me. First of all, the key to winning in your pass rush is for you to get your hands on the offensive line quicker than they get their hands on you. That's why you see some of these players that maybe don't perform as as well as others go higher in the draft because they've got longer a longer reach. That's because that longer reach, if, if you can get your hands, there's two aspects. If you get your hands on the opponent first and if you're lower than the opponent, nine times out of ten you're going to win that battle. Right. You mix in a move and a counter move to go with it. It's game on. Right. So Latu, 6'5, 265. You know he's going to have long arms, long wingspan. That's the first thing. But the second thing is getting your hands up in those throwing lanes that we know is so important, especially when you're trying to keep quarterbacks in the well, in the pocket, throwing from within the well. That's huge. But these PFF grades, Tim, 2021, no PFF grade. Right. He's a senior. So I don't know if he just didn't see any time. Maybe he was hurt his sophomore year. His junior year, 88.4. And then this year, his senior year, 96.3. He was the highest graded edge defender, according to PFF, in all of college football. I mean, this is the one that I'm like, that seems like a slam dunk there. My gosh. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is solid across the board. Um, yeah, so that's the four. Oh, I'm sorry, we got one more. Chop Robinson. So I, I skipped Tross. I skipped Broswell. I went all the way down. I even skipped Darius Robinson. Remember Darius Robinson we were talking about? He turned heads at the combine, Tim? Yep. 68.3, 77.6, 83.1. Solid. I mean, that is that is strong. It's just 
another big boy too, six five, two ninety six. Yeah, can set the edge, can do it all. They they talked about his profile, his his comp profile. If I understood correctly, was JJ Watt. So keep that in mind. But again, when you look at the PFF grades, I didn't put him on this list. I went with Chop Robinson, and the reason being is like look at look at Darius Robinson's twenty twenty one grade, sixty eight point three then 77.6, then 83.1. Similar in 2021 was Chop Robinson at 64.3, but then he goes 90.6, 90.8. Like what we're finding is this, this draft's loaded with edge defenders. It's yep. top heavy with edges. So don't be surprised if Goody takes an edge again in the first round, right? Um, especially seeing that you might be able to kick Lucas Van Ness inside now that you're in a 4-3. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of different ways you can go about this. I think the one the one common thing, though, would be they'll start to fade some of those 34 guys out. I hate to say it, but I would not be surprised if T.J. Slayton doesn't make the roster next year. Like yeah. I could see him being a a, 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 tr- a training camp cut, you know, one of those final 53 cuts. Yep. Um, just because he's he's built for a 34 and you're now in a four three. That's, that's one of the negative things to, to switching up, obviously your scheme. So, um, all right. So that's how the PFF grades look. Now, what is the most important thing when it comes to edge? It's pressure, right, Tim? So let's go to pressure percentage for all these edge defenders. We sorted it to where it would fit out. Remember what we said about Latu? He was like the top guy, right? Like if I, if I drop that down again and I scrolled up, let me go one more time. Look at that. 88.4, 96.3, right? Well, let's cross-check it with SIS and look at the pressure percentage. Look who's at the top of the freaking list. 23.2% pressure rate at UCLA for Latu. So, I mean, if you haven't caught on yet, he's my top edge defender, hands down. Um, Number two, look who's number two on the list, Chop Robinson. Well, guess who was number two on my list when I was sorting it according to PFF because of the PFF grades, the things that we just talked about. When you went back to Chop, you had those two great years right there in a row, right? It looks like he is he's going to be a very, very stable pass rusher. Number three would be Jared Verse at 18.4%. Then you've got Dallas Turner at 17.4%. So I would have them ranked Latu 1, Chop Robinson 2, Jared Verse 3, Dallas Turner 4. Now, again, let's go back to the, the PFF uh, board real quick. Who did they have at the top of the list? Dallas Turner. Why is that? He's a freak. He's going to be one of those guys that measures out well. There's no doubt in my mind. He's that guy that every year you've got this this dude. It's like, okay, well, he he wasn't great the last two years, but last year he was solid. But, man, he's a physical freak. I think that's why Dallas Turner is getting all the the hype he is. Expect him to grade out really, really well, measure out really, really well at the combine is what I'm getting at. And you guys know I'm not as big on those guys as opposed to what actually happened on the field who graded out well. So got anything to add there, Tim, as far as edge, any questions, comments, thoughts? Yeah. Chop, chop Robinson for sure. Uh, in there for runner up for coolest name in the draft, uh, <laughs> right behind Kool-Aid. So <laughs> I remember, uh, Ryan talking about that on his pod last year. He was like, man, this next year's draft might be the, the coolest draft as far as names. <laughs> Crack me up, man. Uh, let's see here. Chris in the chat say Clayton and Tim, if we re-sign Jones and John Deere green, would it be a bad pick if we took the Texas running back with the ACL history? Uh, to me, Jonathan Brooks, I think, is who you're talking about out of Texas. To me, he's hands down the best running back in this draft. It's just how is he going to recover from the ACL, right? 
if you do bring back A.J. Dillon, I feel a lot better about Jonathan Brooks, especially if he somehow, some way falls into the fourth or fifth round because of the ACL. That's like, all right, yeah, that's good value investment for the future. If he comes back healthy, then you've got Aaron Jones's replacement. You, you pretty much – you're taking a gamble on – is the injury going to be long-term or not? You don't know how people are going to recover from those things. I think we've learned from Bach. You, I mean, it's still a guessing game as much as we we like to pretend like, hey, it's, uh, you know, this is 2024 and these things aren't a big deal anymore. I mean, you've seen firsthand how it can get out of hand real quick and trickle down. But um, I, I think if you, get, if you get him to fall into the third, fourth, or fifth round and he's on the board, I'm totally cool with that, especially if you got A.J. Dillon coming back. Because like you said, you can just keep him on the pup list, uh, the IR, whatever you want to call it, right? And, yep. and, you know, kind of let him redshirt the majority of this first year and maybe get him at the end of the year, have Emmanuel Wilson on there, and then maybe sign another Emmanuel Wilson in free agency uh, there, you know, when people start cutting players, someone who's going to hop on and off the practice squad until Jonathan Brooks is, is healthy, right? So, you um, know, and he's a younger player too. So when you're talking about injuries, you know, you're taking a rookie here with a with an ACL history. That's a lot different than a, a grizzled veteran running back with knee problems. So very good point. You know, and I just wanted to confirm here too that that is Jonathan Brooks. He's six foot two oh seven out of Texas. He PFF has him as the best running back in the draft. And what we're talking about with the ACL, I think Jake Shavink confirmed for me it happened in November, October or November. So you're probably looking at realistically him not being back until November, right? So you you you're going to be forfeiting a good chunk of the season with him. But again, if he falls his PFF grade this year in 2023, before he got hurt on 450 snaps was 91.4. Uh, wow. One thing to take into consideration though. I mean, look at his past snaps too, though, Tim 2021, only 34 snaps, 2022, only 64. So that's something you got to take into consideration too. Um, if he falls, like I said, if he falls outside of the top three rounds because of that ACL, I'd be okay with him kind of stockpiling him in the back there. So for sure. Yeah. All right, man. You ready to do another quick mock draft? You good with you, it? You know it. All right. Let's see if I can get over here without making things too crazy. Um, let me drop this down real quick. If you want to hit on something in the in the comments while I set this up, I'd appreciate it, man. Uh, yeah. I'm. You know. Um, let's see who I can. We got, we got William <laughs> Gould in here. Not to completely run down PFF or RAS, but neither of those measures heart or instinct. You know, yeah, I mean, very good point. Very that's good. a valid point. Um, but it's like, you know, what there there really are no metrics other than like a, an EKG or EEG machine to, to regi register your, <laughs> your your heart. Um, instinct is something it, those are tough metrics. You know, instinct is something that you see as a player develops. Right. You know, as you get more experienced, you see guys that uh, can become, you know, ball hawks on the defensive side or they have a a good knack. Like we talked about, you know, Charles Woodson last night, you know, football yeah. instincts. Yeah. You can teach some of that. A lot of it comes with your development. Um, but you know, when it comes to heart, yeah, you want guys that are, that have their heart in the game and things like that. But, you know, I'll, I'll take the guy that can play the game, you know, better who uh, maybe doesn't quite have as much heart into it as opposed right. to the guy that's all heart and can't, can't get it done. So, exactly. you yeah, know, I'm with you there. Tough, tough measuring the immeasurables. All right, so we've got our entire mini draft board created here. We've got two safeties on the board, Tyler Newbin at one, Kitchens at two. We got four offensive linemen, Powers Johnson one, Christian Haynes two, Cooper BB three, uh, Fuaga four. Linebacker, we got three, Edrin Cooper three. I'm sorry, Jeremiah Trotter Jr. one, Junior Colson two, Edrin Cooper three. 
Then you got uh, Quinya Mitchell at corner as our number one, Kool-Aid McKinstry two, Cooper DeGene three, Nate Wiggins four, Terry and Arnold five. You got defensive line. Uh, number one, we got Chris Jenkins. Number two, Jerzan Newton. Number three, Tavondre Sweat. Number four, Byron Murphy. And then at edge, we've got four on there. We got Latu, number one, Chop Robinson, two, Jared Verse, three, and Dallas Turner, number four. So let's do us a mock draft. You ready, Tim? Yeah, we're taking long snapper, quarterback, and kicker, right? <laughs> exactly correct. <We're> definitely, <laughs> definitely taking the kicker. We're going to trade up and get a get a kicker in this draft, no doubt about it. So um, We're going to refuse all trades. Our pick's way more valuable than anything you guys have to offer. So let's do this. Let's go right down the list here, and I'm gonna we're going to kind of see, all right, who is available in each position that we like, all right? First of all, safety, they're both there. They're projected 40 and 49. OK, so keep that in mind. They're there. If we were to go offensive line. So let's say uh, specifically uh, interior offensive line. Hey, how they have that sorted. So number one at interior offensive line, we've got Powers Johnson. He's there. He's uh, he is uh, 30th on the or I'm sorry, 31st on the big board. Then we had Christian Haynes, who's significantly lower at 86. Then we had Cooper Beebe, who is 61st. Then we have Fuaga who is uh, – where's Fuaga sitting at right now? He's actually a tackle, ain't he? Let's go back over to tackle. Fuaga we've got sitting at uh, – I think he was a tackle, wasn't he? Am I thinking right, Tim? No, I maybe he was. Yeah, oh, did he get arrested or something? Why ain't he on the board here? What happened? <laughs> oh, Let's man. see here. Maybe his interior. I'm not seeing him anywhere. Where, where did Fuaga go? Oh, he probably already got taken. Duh. Got yeah, there you go. So, so if Fuaga's already off the board – um, let's go ahead and just put a little X next to him so we know he's not available, and that'll kind of show us how this thins out, right? We go linebacker. Let's just take a look at the board. You got Jeremiah Trotter Jr. at one. He's still there. We got Junior Colson at two. He's still there. He's projected to go 84th. And then you got Edrin Cooper. Um, where's Edrin Cooper? Edrin Cooper is already gone, isn't he? Good. That makes that decision. No, no, he's still there at 55. Dang it. So all three guys are still there. Our first, second, and third choice. Let's go to corner real quick to see how, how the room sits. What we're doing is crossing people off our board who's already been drafted. That's the whole purpose of what we're doing right now. Okay, so at cornerback, Quinion Mitchell is already gone. Surprise, surprise, right? Uh, Kool-Aid McKinstry is already gone. We expected that. So you're seeing the corners flying off the board, right? Cooper DeGene, already gone. Okay. Nate Wiggins. Is Nate Wiggins on this list? Do not see Nate Wiggins either. So all these guys flying off the board. Is Terry and Arnold available? So there you go. That's good. Max Melton's available. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Every one of our top five corners, guys, are already off the board when we pick 25th. So the only way you're going to get a top corner, okay, is going to be if you trade up out of 25. I don't think anyone is pounding the table going, hey, let's trade up. Let's trade draft picks to get up there. Um to take a corner, right? I don't think anyone's saying that. So with that being said, what can we learn from this part of the exercise of a mock draft? To me, it's you're going to have to fulfill your, – your corner needs are going to have to come outside of the first round. So I'm going to put a little note here that says cornerbacks outside first round. That way we know the next deep dives that we do, not necessarily on the pod, but as I'm kind of studying the draft, I want to know who are some of the later round gym cornerbacks because there's a good chance we won't have a shot at any of these top cornerbacks in the 25th pick. Does that make sense, Tim? Yeah. I mean, if anything, I'm, I'm with you. We're looking at some of those middle middle rung guys possibly dropping, you know, like a rake straw or some of these guys that could maybe 
drop into a, you know, early third round or something. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so let's move on to defensive line. Jerzan Newton's there. First of all, let's go down our list here. We got Chris Jenkins ranked first. He's sitting at the 48 spot. I love where he's sitting right now. He's available. Our number two defensive lineman was Jerzan Newton. He's sitting there at 19. So if we went and took him right now, Tim, even though according to PFF, he's the best prospect available on our true mini draft board here, he's actually the second best defensive lineman on the board right now. These are the situations that you get in where, where a GM is going to go, maybe we trade back here. Right, because you've got right. two guys you really like. You don't want to reach for Chris Jenkins because you know he's going to be there. But also, if you just trust your board and you can't find a trade partner, you may just go with Chris Jenkins, trust your gut, and take him. Right, so mm-hmm. that's the tough decisions for the GMs for sure. Uh, Tavondre Sweat is he still on the board? I'm sure he is. Yep. I pass him up. You yep. just okay. have him. There he is. 40, yeah, 47. Okay, so he's still available. And then your fourth best is Byron Murphy. And Byron Murphy is he already gone? He is, ain't he? That's good news for us. We don't have to make that decision on Byron Murphy, right? right and he's right. our fourth-graded defensive lineman. So there you go. That works out great. All right, Edge, real quick, let's take a quick glance. Um, let's start with our number one, Latu. Is he still there? Probably not. Latu is gone, man. He went early. So he's going to be a stud, man. He, he's the. I'm telling you, I think he's the best edge in the draft, me personally. All right, Chop. Do we have a Chop Robinson? Um, is that – is that Chop Robinson there? Because Chop Robinson plays for Penn State. Damian Robinson. I need somebody to check that for me. Actually, if you want to hit the chat for a second, Tim, let me see what Chop Robinson's real name is. I just want to make sure because this has happened before. We took the wrong Robinson. <laughs> Let's see here. Let me just get uh, it done. Yep, that's him. It's the De- Demion Demion Robinson. I believe Chop sounds a lot cooler. So right. <laughs> Chop is available, just to confirm there. It'd be my luck there would be two Robinsons playing edge for Penn State, and we'd take the wrong guy. So he's available. He was our number two edge. Jared uh, Verse, let's see if he's still there. I'm not seeing him anywhere. Jared Verse is off the board. All right. And then Dallas Turner. Was Dallas Turner off the board? I imagine he is. He was like our top-rated guy. Yeah, so he's gone. All right, cool. So you've only got one edge left. Here's the whole purpose of this. There's no corners left. We learned what we need to learn there. So all the other positions, both the safeties are there. Three of the interior, three of the offensive linemen are there. All three linebackers are there. Three of the defensive linemen are there. There's only one edge left, and that's Chop Robinson. So I'm going. Pick, it, I'm going O line with the 25th pick then. Would you see my pick would be Robinson if we want to get one of these top five guys or top guys on the tier. So you you think you'd rather go offensive line? Um, let's look at it real quick. So you got Fontana. He is not in our top list. You see what I'm saying? Like if we're working the best of the best off our board, the only guy to me it would be Chop Robinson. That it you would have to choose. Saying. Yeah. As far as linemen, Jackson Powers Johnson is our top graded lineman, right? But there's a there's still a guy ahead of him, so it'd be a bit of a reach there, right? Um, Christian Haynes, eighty six, he's still down there. That's our that's our number two offensive lineman. Our number three is BB. BB sitting there. He's he's kind of projecting. So we might have a couple left at forty one or fifty eight. I get what you're saying. Yeah, the goal is to get as many. The top priority is get as many of these guys off of these mini draft board lists as possible, right? And then the second priority is get as many of the lower number guys. In this case, Chop Robinson is our second highest graded edge defender, but he's the only one left. 
that's why that would be my pick to see if we can get one guy from all of these. We know we can't on corner because that's already done. So right. I'm gonna I'm gonna go chop Robinson here, but I'm gonna make a note that you wanted if you didn't go chop Robinson, which one of those offensive line do you think? Well, no, I mean now you've convinced me here looking at what we're looking at now. Because I don't wanna you're right, I don't wanna burn a pick. Um mm-hmm. you know, wasting a pick on on someone if they're gonna be around at fifty eight or hell, even eighty eight. Um Right. So I would say it's between uh, Jerzon Newton and um, and Robinson right now. So I guess, you know, you've convinced me. didn't take much to convince me to go defense with our <laughs> first pick. If you did go line, like you said, offensive line, I imagine it would have been Powers Johnson. Is that what you were thinking? Probably. Okay. Yep. I'm going to make a note because it's important yeah. to know that. Um, yeah. All right. Well, that was kind of the big decision we needed to make was Chop Robinson or Powers Johnson. That's why it's important to kind of mention that. So good stuff there. All right, let's go ahead and we'll have to speed up this process or we're going to go way over. We're going to get Chop Robinson here. They didn't like the pick. We don't care. So, um, all right, that was our top pick there. We got an edge, Chop Robinson. Um, let me uh, – well, well, we'll be able to save it afterwards. All right, so Chop Robinson's out the board. All the edges are off the board, okay? So now let's go to this next spot. As we're in the 41st spot, I think we all know which direction we need to go here, right? We got both safeties available. We can take Newbin or we could take Kinchins, okay? You guys know Newbin is higher on our board, right? Um, if we looked at interior offensive line, Jackson Powers Johnson is now gone. Let's update our board here. So he's gone. We missed him. Uh, Christian Haynes is still there at 86. That's my ace in the hole. He's our second best. I really like him. And then BB is still there. So we got two of the offensive linemen left. Right. Um, if we go to linebacker, just a quick glance. Edrin Cooper's still there. Jeremiah Trotter's still there. And Olsen's Junior Colson's there. So all three are still there. That that kind of shows you probably want to wait on those yep. guys. Um, let's see. Uh, edge first. Let me write this down real quick. I'm trying to make these notes so I know uh, kind of the, the, air, the, the direction we had to go in. So all those are there. The corners are gone. If we go to defensive line, what's defensive line looking like now? Uh, there's our boy Darius Robinson. He's not on our top four list, but there he is. Jerzan Newton is now gone, right? Devondre um, Sweat's there. Devondre Sweat and Chris Jenkins. Here's what's crazy. Chris Jenkins is our number one defensive lineman on our little mini board. So, What about safety? That, did we, did we, we said Newman is still on the board. They're both there, yeah. Jerzan Newman. Yeah. So we got 40 and 49, right? 40 and 49. This is the tough decision that Goody's going to have to make. Do you take – if let's say Goody's board lined up like ours. Again, we took in everything into consideration. We took PFF into consideration. We took run defense into consideration. We took pass rush into consideration. And Chris Jenkins is our best defensive lineman. PFF may give you may, may give you a bad grade on it, right? That's totally cool. That's, you know, that's their opinion. Based off of what we considered most important – there's some people that hate PFF going, yeah, don't listen to them knuckleheads. I'm not saying that either. I'm just, this is everything, all things considered. My pick here would be you basically got two offensive linemen, right? You got two safeties and you got two defensive linemen. You can get your top safety in the draft, all right? You can get your second offensive lineman in the draft. This is as far as where they rank on the boards. Or you can get your top defensive lineman in the draft. Corner and de- and edge are gone already. So for me, it's going to come down between defensive line and safety. What's the greater need here, Tim? Safety. It really is, man. And and it's crazy because this is a tier one position of importance. If someone said, no, take Chris Jenkins because defensive line is more important, I completely agree. But I'm going with my heart on this one and going against that rule. 
and I'm saying I'm tired of this damn revolving door at safety. Let's go get this safety buttoned up. I'm going to go with Tyler Newbin. They're going to hate it because they like Cam Kitchens on here. But are, are you good with uh, Tyler Newbin here? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Bang. So we got Tyler Newbin. That was our pick. Um, now Tyler Newbin's off the board. Let's get to our next pick, which is what? Pick 58. Look who's still there. Cam Kitchens is still there. All right. Wow. So let's, go, let's go down it again here real quick. Interior offensive line. Christian Haynes is still there. And BB is gone. So now Christian Haynes is the only offensive lineman left. He was our second highest graded offensive lineman. Okay. Um, let's go to linebacker. So there's only one there. Linebacker, Trotter Jr., Colson are there, but Edrin Cooper is gone. That's great because he was our third graded uh, linebacker. So there's two linebackers left on the list. Well, if we don't take Trotter Jr. now, he's he'll be off the board. Definitely. I don't see him going. Who won't be around at 88? Yeah. And if we look at defensive line, the only two we had left was Tavondre Sweat and Chris Jenkins, right? Chris mm -hmm. Jenkins is gone now, okay? Yeah, Chris Jenkins off the board, and Tavondre Sweat is too, right? Darius Robinson up there, wow. Yeah, sitting there at 43. And, again, you've seen the PFF, you know, not, not quite as high as some of the others. But right. still, he's – and you've got to take into consideration too, man, his senior bowl buzz is off the charts. Like, people right. are crazy about him. But he's not on our list. So what did we learn here about defensive line? Going this route that we did, we missed um, on defensive line. Okay? Yep. So you make these little notes, and then you compile these notes and go back and go, okay, here's the pros and cons to taking this player here, that player there, and it can lay out. What this is the equivalent to, guys, some people probably think this is a waste of time. I love doing this because this is the equivalent to what, the, what the front office does, they do multiple drop mock drafts. People look at mock drafts like, oh, this is silly. It doesn't matter. Mock drafts emerged way back in the day before anyone had internet, before anyone had all the access to all the players, all the database that they just have at the, at the click of a button. These scouts would have to go all over the country, right, and try to figure out who's who and, and, and where do they rank. There was a guy, I can't remember his name. We could probably Google it and find out who was the very first person to do a mock draft. And he started doing it every year. He was so good at doing these mock drafts because he would call and ask around, what players do you like? What players do you like? Back before the teams were really secretive and the draft got so mainstream. And he would put together a mock draft. And they said that pretty much every general manager in the entire NFL, this was Pat Kerwin told this story a long time ago on his podcast. And Michael Lombardi talks about this too. This guy created the mock draft, and it was a tool used by pretty much every general manager in the league way back in the day. Ray so, Byrne. Is that who it is, Ray Byrne? Who found that? Did you find that, Tim? I just – I got an article here, Sports Illustrated. Ray Byrne, a Pittsburgh-area funeral home manager, is That's believed, him. That's him. believed yeah. to be the first person to publish the names of available prospects. Wow. Spell that last name for me. B-Y-R-N-E. B-Y-R-N-E. Yeah, so that's the one that they talked about. I remember him specifically saying he was a funeral home director or something. So, yeah, that that dude when he was hanging out with the dead bodies, he was in there doing mock draft. <laughs> boring, you know. Hey, people ain't dying, man. It's a boring job, Tim. What are you laughing at? You got you got to pass the time somewhere or another, right? Oh You'd only God. clean the casket so many times, man. I couldn't do that job. That's just me. I'd be depressed all the time. Anyway, so. That's funny. People, I was telling that story and somebody was going, he's full of crap. That ain't true. Tim pulled it up on Google. Bang. <laughs> How do I know that? I am a, like Mandy says, a stick in the mud and I listen to way too many podcasts and documentaries. That's how I know that. So, uh, all right. So, so let's draft Jeremiah Trotter Jr., right? 
it comes down to <laughs> Jeremiah Trotter Jr. is our number one uh, graded linebacker, so we could get a one there, right? The defensive line's gone, the corners are gone, the edges are gone. It really it comes down to which one do you value more here, Tim? It's going to be tough, dude. Well, we haven't – again, mm-hmm. we, we're not looking at offensive line, but what did uh, – who who did we have left in the interior offensive here's the, line? Here's the thing. There's only one offensive lineman left, right? And it just so happens he's our number two graded offensive lineman, and that's our boy Christian Haynes. Now, he's projected to go 86. This is how – or not projected to go, but he's 86 on the big board. So this is how I would look at this. Out of these two prospects, first of all, we got two linebackers left on the board, and we only got one offensive lineman left on the board. Okay. So if you looked at it from that angle, probably need to take Christian Haynes here, right? To ensure that we get a decent offensive lineman in this draft. But if you looked at linebacker, where do these guys fall? Trotter Jr., probably not going to be there at 88. Junior Colson is 84th on the board. That's so why I'm got- leaning towards Trotter Jr. right now. Yeah. So Christian Haynes is 86th. Junior Colson is 84. So if you looked at it that way, you would say, yeah, it made more sense to get the interior offensive line because there's a better chance that, uh, or it'd be, it make more sense to get Jeremiah Trotter Jr. because there's a better chance the interior offensive lineman would be there, right? Right. And also, to tip you over the edge, it should be the most important thought in this whole exercise is Jeremiah Trotter Jr. was our highest graded linebacker. So this right. makes all the sense in the world. We got to go Trotter Jr. here, man. Got to. Otherwise, we'd be in a scenario where we're looking at, you know, Junior Colson or Gray or some, you know, who might be left at 88. I'd take Trotter Jr. for sure. Definitely. All right, here we go. Bang. Let's do it. So we got Trotter Jr. at linebacker. He's off the board now. Let's see if somehow, some way, Christian Haynes is there. Um, and this is why – this is how general managers end up double dipping sometimes if – the both of those players are still there when you pick at 88. And listen, here's the other thing, too. Some people might have been screaming, let's take Cam Kitchens. I would right. be cool with that, too, because you can really flip that. We did that in one of our other mocks, right? We took Absolutely. Newman and Kitchens. This mock draft, what's, what's different about this one specifically is we created many draft boards for each yeah. position of need and kind of seeing how can we maximize those position of needs and still get the best players available. So uh, linebacker Junior Colson is not there. Right. Surprise, surprise. We didn't, you know, we expected that. And then offensive line. Here it is. You ready, Tim? Yeah. He's there. Holy He's cow. Well, oh, that's a done deal. Take him. Yeah. That's our second highest graded offensive lineman in the draft, according, you know, all the, the information that we kind of compiled there amongst yep. uh, PFF and uh, blown block percentage. That was the other thing, too. Right. So, yeah, um, we did that last night. His blown block percentage. I don't have the I actually probably do have the graphic. Let me just flash it real quick. We're at the 58-minute mark. Dude, we're doing good. Look at this. Um, blown block percentage. Where was it at? I hope I didn't. I may have I may have deleted it. I know we had it last night, right? Um, yeah, here we go. O-line blow block percentage. Christian Haynes, look at that. I made sure all of our top offensive linemen, those top four were on this, you know, and sorted it that way. Blown block percentage underneath all plays right here in the middle in that right column. He is third best at 0.9% blown block percentage. That's a stud out of Oregon. Let's go. I love it. Took it down. (laughs) That's our guy, right, Tim? I think that's our guy. Let's do it. Bang. I love that PFF doesn't like these either. That to me, it's like because every year, if you just go by one one website and then you look at what Goody did, you see they'll get bad draft grades. And it's like, how do you know it's going to be a bad draft? You, you're telling me that your website understands the player evaluation better than a one of the 
the top 32 guys that are trusted with a, you know, multi-billion dollar industry. Like, what are yeah. we talking about? Got two words for you, Jaden Reed. Yeah, exactly. There you go. <laughs> I learned my lesson last year, too, on that. Boy. <laughs> so there you go, man. We ended up uh, – I'm, I'm going to put a check. So we got we got Christian Haynes, okay? Um, we got Tyler Newbin. All right, Kitchens is gone now. We ended up getting Jeremiah Trotter Jr., right? That's good. So we're getting guys off these lists. Corner, we didn't get anybody. I made a note of that. We missed on defensive linemen, all right, taking this approach. And then we got um, our edge in Chop Robinson, our second highest graded edge. So there you go. That's uh, that's good information for the next mock for sure. Let's finish this thing out, though, Tim. So we know what we've taken so far. You can kind of see how they're clicked over there on the right. You can see they're lit up blue on the right side of the screen. You can still see my cursor, right, man? Yeah, we got to get that uh... – Oh, got it. Image off. There you go. All right, cool. So, yeah, so you can see up here in the blue, that's what we've already taken. That'll kind of be our, our compass here since we don't have a draft board to actually work, all right, other than just their their projected, you know, top picks or whatever. So, all right, here we are at 91. What are we thinking here, Tim? We got to go rapid fire to wrap this thing up. There's safety, Kalen Bullock. you got got Draft Bowles, brother. Let's do it. Who's that? Max Melton. Let's take Max Melton, brother. Hey, we didn't check it out. We did not get a corner, right? Yep. We didn't get a corner, and he is the best available according to PFF's draft board. So if this is our draft board we're working, bang, I like it. A-plus, of course. Boom, Boom. look at that. Sign Put me up, Booty. Bring me in. I'll be a draft advisor. <laughs> I'll wear a suit. <laughs> I haven't worn a suit in so long. I hate wearing suits and tie. When you got a neck like mine, oh, my God. <laughs> All right, so, uh, oh, boy, of course, Braylon Allen will be right at the top of the list. I know what the chat's going to say here. <laughs> so here's the thing. Now, seriously, we missed on defensive line. We didn't draft a defensive lineman, right? We said we could, we could use two. And, again, why could we use two? Think of T.J. Slayton, too. He, that needing two includes T.J. Slayton being on the roster. If they move on from him as a traditional nose at a 34 because we're in a 4-3, that increases that need even more. So if we treated this as if this was the best player available and this was our true draft board on the left, it's a tier one position of importance. In the top tier of talent, defensive line is sitting there at Tyler Davis. We did not get a defensive lineman earlier. This would be my pick hands down right here, Tim. Yeah. You good with it? I'm good with it. All right, let's do it. I mean, yeah, I think so. I mean, we can't. Yeah, it's either that or running back, right? We could take yeah. another safety, but we haven't touched defensive line yet. Let's take let's take Davis. Yeah, we we drafted Braylon Allen last night in the mock, so let's let's switch yeah. it up. Definitely, and that's what you're wanting to. You're wanting I'm I'm screen grabbing these two as we finish, and I'm putting a date on them so we can look back and go in this mock draft we took this player, in this mock draft we took that player, right? And what yeah. you'll notice is at the end you'll get a player that's been mentioned multiple times throughout multiple different mock drafts. That's how I came across Lucas Van Ness and Luke Musgrave last year and kind right. of decided on, yeah, these are probably the, the guys that are most likely to pick. And this is not including their RAS and, and, you know, all the, uh, you, you know, the, what do you call it? The limitations that Goody puts on some prospects because they don't meet their athletic requirement. Right. So right. You know, just keep that in mind too. All right. So up next, we did need a tight end, but we only needed a backup one. I don't know if we want to use this pick on him or not, but Ben Sinat's there. We got a wide receiver. I'm not interested in that. Another edge. We already took an edge and Chop Robinson. And, and of course, uh, I think that's going to be a loaded edge room, especially once Kingsley and Abari comes back from injury. You got an interior offensive lineman, Bo, uh, Bo Limmer. We said that we needed three offensive linemen. We've only taken one. That makes sense. What about 
uh, Proctor there, another yep. safety. So we said we needed four, as many as four safeties in this draft, probably three, but as many as four. We needed three offensive linemen. I would probably lean safety here over interior offensive line. What do you think? That's what I'm thinking. Um, yeah, let's do know. it. He's best available. Um, you know, all things considered, these other positions, you really wouldn't say, yeah, let's take those right now. I'm going to go Josh Proctor here, man. I agree. Got us another safety. Boom. All right. Now let's work our way down the board. Oh, boy. That's a long way to go. Eh? Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, there's your running back. Kind of makes sense, doesn't he? He's the best available. We just took a safety. So, um, to Trader me – Trader or right. Yeah, either one of them. Yeah, to me it's either going to be, yeah, one of those two running backs or you would look at another interior offensive line or just offensive lineman in general, right? And seeing that that's best available, Jalen Wright. Yeah. I hate that these Tennessee people say, because you live in Tennessee, you took it. That's not the point here. I don't. I honestly don't know anything about Jalen Wright, to be to be completely honest with you, because I don't watch much Tennessee football. But uh, let's do it. He's the best available. We get our running back we talked about possibly needing, right? And this is kind of assuming that A.J. Dillon will be back, right? So, Unless you want to snatch another safety there. No, no, that's all right. <laughs> oh, no. Look here at the top of the list, another safety. Um, so best available safety. There's Frank Gore Jr. Everybody loved Frank Gore Jr. last night, so we probably should have waited and took him. That's all right, though. So how many safeties are we taking now, Tim? We taking two? Yep. yep. Two safeties. We said we need as many as three. We said we also needed as many as four corners, and we've only taken, what, one corner, right? So we're neglecting corners. We had four safeties also, but I think we were thinking – uh Right. Draft and free agency, maybe three drafted and maybe pick someone up. Yeah. And the corners are just so far down the list here. What I'm probably going to do, I'm probably going to go safety again here, man. It, it, to me, it would be safety or offensive line. Offensive line's a little bit of a reach. This hands down the best player is Mustafa. So let's yeah. do another safety here. Let's slide on down the board. Now we're going to be picking what, what's the next one? It's going to be 242. So 242, uh, best available is a tight end. Uh, Brevin Span Ford, right, out of Minnesota. Um, there's an offensive tackle. Kind of feels like to me right here. I'm going to go offensive tackle over this tight end um, because we need another offensive lineman, right? How many offensive linemen have we taken now? We've only taken one, right? And we said we needed as many as three. True. There are you got, uh, if we want to go corner. Oh, yeah, good point. Clemson. Sheridan Jones. So we've only taken one corner, right? And we've only taken one offensive lineman. We said we needed potentially four corners. Let's do corner. I think you're right there, Tim. Let's yeah. go. Uh, let's go top corner available, which is Sheridan Jones out of Clemson. All right, got him. And then okay. the final pick of our draft here. Um, I'll be damned. Linebacker is the best available. Wow. <laughs> and hey, we switched to a four-three, Tim. Right? Yeah, stack them a, up. You switch to a 4-3. Think about what the linebacker room could look like. It's going to be Quay Walker, Devondre Campbell, Jeremiah Trotter Jr., probably your starters. you got Isaiah McDuffie coming off the bench. Then who do you got? Exactly. You're, you're, you're one injury away from not having a solid backup to fill in in that 4-3. One injury away. So yeah. let's do it. J.D. Bertrand from Notre Dame, you talked me into it. Not that I'm a Notre Dame fan or anything. <laughs> all right there's that one so let me save it real quick get it screenshot and we'll get you guys out of here that was fun hopefully you guys understand like what we were trying to do there as far as um moving around and, and kind of doing taking different angles in the mock drafts and saying okay 
according to taking everything into consideration, PFF, uh, blown block percentage, uh, missed tackle rate, uh, passer rating when targeted, kind of cross-checking these prospects and coming up with our favorites, that's kind of the approach we're taking as far as building these uh, these mock drafts. So that was a lot of fun, Tim. I like that draft. Um, there it is again, though. It's kind of hard to see. Let me see if I can zoom in a touch for you guys. We'll read it off real quick, and then we'll get out of here. 25th pick, we took Chop Robinson, edge defender from Penn State. 41st pick, we took Tyler Newbin, safety from Minnesota. 58th pick, we took Jeremiah Trotter, Jr., linebacker from Clemson. 88th pick, we took Christian Haynes, interior offensive lineman from UConn. Um, 91st, we took Bo Melton's brother, Max Melton, one of the fastest corners in the draft from Rutgers. Um, number 126, we took Tyler Davis, defensive line from Clemson. Uh, 167, Josh Proctor, safety from Ohio State. 203, Jalen Wright, running back from Tennessee. 215, Malik Mustafa, safety from Wake Forest. And then we had uh, 242, Sheridan Jones, cornerback from Clemson. 250, J.D. Bertrand, linebacker from Notre Dame. There's been multiple times that we've drafted Max Melton at cornerback out of Rutgers. And I know people are going to go, it's just because it's Bo's brother. No. And every time we've done it, he was the best player available, was he not? That's right. So – and Goody likes his RASs, right? When I say RAS is just, you know, measurables. He doesn't use RAS, I'm sure. But, yep. again, kind of cool how that lays out, and we end up getting uh, our boy uh, Bo Melton's brother a couple different times, a couple different drafts. So. And having speed at corner in this type of defense is going to, you know, it's a good thing. Yeah, definitely. It looks like people I – don't, I don't think anyone was uh, – was too negative on it. Just kind of glancing through the chat. I think we made a, a case for all the picks, right? And yep, yep. we also kind of made a, a cross check of, hey, look, you know, I could also see us uh, going the opposite way there in those specific spots. So essentially what it came down to, though, was we got on our the top prospects on our mini draft board, we got our very first safety, top ranked safety. We got our second ranked offensive lineman. We got our top ranked linebacker. And we got our second ranked edge defender. That's a pretty good draft there early, man. So I like that one. That, that might be my favorite so far. And it, it kind of feels like it's off the beaten path a little bit, too. Like you don't see many people saying the Packers should take an edge, the Packers should take an edge. Typically, we sit here in April, watch the draft live, and go, Of course, Goody took an edge. <laughs> yeah, we're all sitting there going, Who? Exactly. <laughs> Every single time, man. All right, Tim, you got anything, man? Let's wrap this thing up. No, this was great. Um, always getting perspective, you know. I love it. Um, I'm sure we'll do some more. And, uh, you know, it'll be fun to see everyone uh, and how they adjust their draft boards after the combine. So, oh, yeah. you know, only time will tell. This is fun to, to get this groundwork in now. And that way when these names start popping up or you you see them running around in their underwear doing doing the 40, <laughs> you'll, uh, you'll have a reference. Um, so, th no, this is good. Doing our homework, man. I love it. Yeah, it's just trying to look at it from every different angle. And then when we compile these mock drafts at the end and we get closer to the draft, you'll notice his name. And this is what I'll do. I'll look at all of them, compare them, and go, okay, you know, this player here, Christian Haynes, he was drafted the most by us in all of our mock drafts. Uh, you know, Tyler Newbin was drafted second most and, and so on and so forth. And I have that as a little cheat sheet when we go into draft night. And when we get on the board, I go – that's what I did last year. It's like Lucas Van Ness is the one that I drafted the most in all these mock drafts. Probably the pick here. Bang, he gets taken. Yep. Same thing with Luke Musgrave. I, I selected him multiple times in the second round. Might be the pick here. I told Ryan, I remember that one specifically on air. Ryan asked me, I think he said, what do you think here? And I said, I think this is Luke Musgrave. And sure enough, it was bang, it was him. So um, it's not that I'm so smart. It's that we took all the time to 
compile the information. Again, I haven't watched these guys, dude. I don't I don't look at the tape and go, no, he's better than him. I'm not that good at grading tape. I'm not going to have that kind of ego. I I look at it like the people that we trust. And with my board, and again, it's it's nowhere near being finished. It's very, very, you know, early. But all this information you'll find in my board, each of those columns, look at B, C, D, E, F, G, right? There's going to be four more columns on the right side. This is just updated where it sits right now. I've got qualifiers that go through, and these are people's opinion that I trust publications opinion that I trust, not my personal preference, right? Yeah. Like of, I think this player is better than that player. So well, here's the thing with tape too. You're, you're not, you're only seeing the best of the best. Nobody's, right. nobody's running tape on when you blew a block or missed a tackle. Bingo. That's the part that bothers me. Is like, this is the guy we need. You just showed a highlight reel, bro. Like, yeah, that's it. I, yes. Yes. He pancaked, you know, two people in one game, but what's his blown block percentage. If you don't know that number, Hey, do your thing, but I'm not going to use you as a reference of, hey, uh, this, this, let me bounce it off this guy, right? Um, we're all guilty of that. We, we love highlight reels. We love watching our favorite players just absolutely exceed. I post highlights just about every day on Twitter going yep. back through the previous season. It's just, to me, I want to know who screwed up as much as I want to know who did this absolutely great because that's going to kind of tell the whole story. And, yeah, the, the goal in the draft really is to not draft a bust just yep. as much as it is to draft a home run, right? So, um, yeah. But this is a lot of fun. Like I said, I look forward to to the others we're going to do, and, and it all has a purpose. Don't think this is just killing time. This is just we're compiling data every time we do a, dra- a mock draft. So, um, Tim, appreciate your time, and this is a lot of fun. Everybody in the chat, thank you all so much uh, for hanging out with us. United Bates, you hit the nail on the head here. He said, congratulations, Tom Grassi, NFL Fan of the Year. Did you guys see when he was uh, – when Roger Goodell snuck up on him last night? Yeah. God, it was absolutely awesome, man. Uh, Tom Grassi obviously raised over $500,000 for St. Jude. You talk about really making a difference. Love what that dude brings to the table. Um, so shout out to Tom. Thank you for representing Packer Nation. Thank you for being a great human being and just always trying to focus on other people, man. That's what it's all about. So Yeah, uh, the Packers uh, had a winner at the NFL Honors, and it's it was because of Tom Grassi. So, uh, how about that? How about yeah. that? Shout out to Tom, man. Congratulations. A fan showed up at NFL Honors this year. That's pretty cool, man. I didn't even think yep. about that. So, right, guys, we're out of here. We'll see you tonight for PTA Live. As far as I know, we're going to be doing a show. Tim, if you can't make it, it's totally cool. I know sometimes we do the date nights with the wives on Friday nights. Um, <laughs> as of right now, I think I'm planning on doing one, but I'll get that firmed up. But regardless, we will be doing a uh, another Good Morning Lambo tomorrow and then another PTA Live tomorrow night too. So uh, should see us tonight. If not, we'll see you tomorrow morning. But appreciate you all hanging out with us. Um, As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world and go back go.